Welcome to the Cinderella podcast, where we watch and review every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on, discussing the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. I'm Liv. And I'm Talon. And today we watched Trap for Cinderella, made in 2013, which is the thriller Cinderella. It's also not really a Cinderella. I was going to ask, is it a Cinderella? Because here's the thing, y'all. I'm a wimp. And this looked scary. So... For this, our first ever Spookerella, uh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't watch it because I wanted to sleep again before I die without nightmares. So, Talon, I did I did actually have a nightmare afterwards? Oh, about so it. was it ac- so was it actually scary, or was was it beyond my level of scaritude? It was intense. It was also okay. at times very silly, but. It was very dramatic and the visuals really stuck with you. Ooh, that's the worst. I don't like that. Okay, I I do not regret the decision to not watch this then. So yeah, so Talon, for our listeners, but also me, can you set the (laughs) scene? What happened? (laughs) Okay, so Trap for Cinderella is a British thriller about a young woman who loses her identity after surviving a house fire and it's described as intense on the like Amazon summary it's based on a French novel and this film was rated 18 plus okay so with that out of the way (laughs) let's begin this story which is gonna sound bananas when I say it out loud Okay, so this banana story, this roller coaster. So she loses her identity. I'm assuming this is more dramatic than my important documents were lost in a fire. <laughs> uh, so um, <laughs> she has full on amnesia, Liv. Okay. And a new face. I assume there was burn damage? Uh, yes. So, well, hmm. Lots of things happen. (laughs) Okay, start from the beginning. Who is our Cinderella? What is she? What does she look like? What's her deal? Oh boy. (laughs) I can't answer that. The bad side? (laughs) So we start with really aggressive piano music and we see a hospital hallway. There's a heart monitor beeping. Person's going into an MRI. Lots of machine surgery thing and she's definitely getting like her entire face reconstructed and then we finally see our protagonist and she's completely bandaged up you can see her eyes basically and there's a there's a doctor going Mickey can you hear me and she gets these abrupt flashes of memory and she can't speak so she's like blinking at him to signify that she can hear him And basically, this girl wakes up in the hospital with a completely bandaged up, reconstructed face, and she has amnesia. She has no idea who she is, and she's being told by a doctor that she's Mickey and that there was a house fire. Okay. It was very dramatic. It sounds dramatic. The dramatic memory flashes. So our next scene is she's all healed up 
And she looks very normal, actually. She's just a skinny white lady with a pixie haircut and some scarring on her face. Um, And she's sitting across a blonde lady wearing a suit. And she says, when can I see myself? So she hasn't seen herself yet. So I assume the scarring is not Phantom of the Opera level scarring. No, she just has like thin scars around the contours of her face. Okay. Okay. I feel like Phantom of the Opera Cinderella would be fun. Cinderella of the Opera. Cinderella of the Opera. Absolutely. Someday when we make a Cinderella. So the blonde lady tells her very seriously that she suffered a lot of facial fractures. She's had reconstructive surgery, including her entire jaw, but that she's lucky because the tissue damage could have been far more severe and she hands her a mirror. And the girl goes, oh my God. And there's a dramatic pause. And then she goes, who am I? (laughs) I, Do fires cause facial fractures I don't think they do I think fires cause severe burns I don't think fires I think if you get into a fire hot enough that it fractures your bones at that point you have other problems I guess this is a spoiler she fell out of a window to escape the fire and she fell face down was she unconscious when she fell because in general when you fall you put your hands out just sort of instinctively I'm just saying I mean I've known people who failed to do that I I just want to make it very clear. I didn't write this movie. Okay. I just had the misfortune of experiencing it. I know, which I abandoned you to, so I apologize. <laughs> okay, so who am I? And the blonde, does the blonde lady tell her an yes. answer? Um, so she's actually started quizzing her, and she, the blonde lady is asking her, what's your name? And she says, Michelle Dean, Mickey, how old are you? 20 years old. Where do you live? London. And she's like quizzing her over and over. Well, hang on, hang on. So why would she say, who am I, if she has the answers to all these questions? This is a new scene. Okay. Who am I is the end of that scene. Okay, good. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) No, that's okay. I was just like, wait. Okay, so new scene. Getting quizzed on who she is. Michelle Dean, however many years old. Mickey, cool. Yes. So Mickey's frustrated. She says, you make me say the same stupid things over and over every day. I can't stand it. I want to get out of here. And the blonde lady just gives her more information. And this is just an exposition dump. So we find out that Mickey lost her parents when she was nine in a car accident, which she survived unharmed. This never comes back up. I, I was like, oh, she's an orphan. Therefore, step parents, Cinderella, something. This doesn't nope. really go okay. there. Okay. Uh, she was taken care of by her aunt Eleanor, and she shows her a picture of this like fancy older woman on a magazine cover that says "Top Businesswoman," and she's holding a shoe. It's all very glamorous. Why is she holding a shoe? Because it's a fashion magazine. Is she a shoe designer? N- not that we know of. Does she have a shoe fetish? Why is she holding a shoe? It live. I'm so sorry. She's just so, she just is. I don't know. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so so Mickey has a fancy Aunt Eleanor and the blonde inter- uh, interrogation lady is annoying and interrogation-y. Well, she had an aunt named Eleanor. Okay. They used to holiday in France. Uh, she's died now, just before the fire. Okay. Uh, to which Mickey responds very sorrowfully, so I'm alone. 
and she's told by the blonde lady, no, you have many friends. I'm assuming the blonde lady is a doctor or like a caseworker of some kind and is just giving Mickey information about her life. Has she been named? And no. This, no, okay. Cool. This is her last scene. Okay, good. So she's not important other okay. than to give us all of this information. So next she shows Mickey a picture of a different lady and goes, this is Julia, your aunt's personal assistant. She's known you since you were a child. Do you recognize her? And Mickey shakes her head because no, she's got amnesia. And then we see lots of different photos of friends, happy young people. She doesn't remember any of them. I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to do that with people with amnesia. I'm pretty sure that's like an extra trauma of showing them a bunch of stuff that they're supposed to remember that they don't. Like, I feel like nobody that's not how takes you... very good care of Mickey here. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. So, so she doesn't remember anything from these pictures of happy people. So she doesn't remember any of it. And then that scene ends and a new scene begins. Also, every time they transition from one scene to another, they do it in stages. So you get a flash of the current scene and then the future scene and then back to the current scene ending and then the future scene a little more. And then the current scene ends and then you get the future scene continuing. That's like somebody obnoxious. weaved them together. I hated it. That sounds so obnoxious. That sounds just visually incredibly unpleasant. Yes. And it did oh. it every time there was a scene change. Ew. And I was so confused the entire time. Oh, I'm so sorry. That sounds terrible. So Mickey is being taken away from the hospital. She's being picked up by Julia her aunt's PA, who is now her guardian, because apparently as her aunt's PA, she's raised her since she was a child. Julia is this very glamorous, tall, tan white lady in a skirt suit with this big brooch and this chunky necklace. And she has two-tone hair. It's blonde on top and brown on the bottom and a kind of shoulder length, severe cut. Okay. And she goes, Mickey, do you remember me? And she holds Mickey's chin up and Mickey goes, no, but I want to. And she's like, I've come to take you home. And I'm like, this is either the wicked stepmother or the fairy godmother. I cannot tell which one. Oh, okay. But definitely one of those roles. Well, at this point, I'm trying at to walk you through my personal journey. Okay, cool. When I have realizations, I wrote them in all caps so that I could capture the moment of what it was like for you <laughs> to, if you had watched it with me, what I would have sent you in the chat. That's okay. That's fair. That's fair. So Julia and Mickey ride to the house and Mickey's very distraught by all the noises of cars and like planes going overhead. And we get more exposition about how much Julia, how often Julia took care of her is there is there a time frame on this? Do we know how long she was in the hospital? Like no weeks, days, months, a anything? No, okay, no. Because it sounds like they're releasing her way too early to her aunt's PA, <laughs> right? Which again, I feel like that's a different job. I feel like a personal assistant does not take care of your spawn. I feel like that's the job title of you know someone else, not a personal assistant. So she says that she. <laughs> doesn't I'm just moving on I can't help you with this she says she doesn't remember anything at all she just gets flashes people places and sometimes she just sees fire 
and there's a big flash of fire. And every time they flash fire on the screen, it's very loud. And it was very startled each time. Ooh. They kept jumping in my chair. <laughs> oh no, fire pop scares are the worst. And then we have a scene where she's just sitting in the bathtub and Julia is washing her back for her, which I found very strange. I just, she didn't Why? seem like she couldn't take a bath by herself. But they're also, continuing the exposition conversation. Also, unless you've been doing very specific types of construction work or under the housework, you don't need to wash like the middle of your back. Your, you can just rinse that part of your... I, also, <sighs> why would... Uh, it was weird. It was weird and intimate and yeah, they had just met too- each other. Yeah, they've, I mean, from her perspective, from her perspective, she's just met somebody and now she's sharing a bat like they're, no, I don't like that. That's how, that's an invasion of privacy. I don't like that. And then she goes, how bad was I when you found me? And Julia says, the injuries on your face were so bad. I thought you were dead. And then she sponges more water on her back. I don't think that's something that you tell somebody who is an amnesic and is recovering from a serious trauma. I don't think you tell that to them. I think you tell them other things. Like, we'll talk about it when you're feeling better. Yeah, or you could just say, it was really bad. Let's not, let's not get into it. Or, yeah, I'm so glad that they were able to fix it or that you were able to make such a good recovery. You know, it was bad. That's, that, that's not a thing you Nobody... tell someone with trauma. Nobody is very careful with Mickey. Oh, okay. So uh, brace, brace yourself. Okay, I assume I'm just going to continue to be mad about this the whole time. <laughs> yes. So Mickey is sleeping and she gets like more flashes of memory, but mostly it's still fire. And she's woken up by a telephone ringing and she picks it up and it's somebody talking to her aunt and it's this guy named Jake who's like I want to talk to her and Julia's like she's not ready yet I'll tell her you called goodbye Jake drama it's very dramatic and then she puts the phone back and lays and just kind of stares pondering okay so then Mickey is looking through photos with Julia and she points at a dude with curly hair and goes, was he my boyfriend? And Julia's like, that's Jake. He, he was one of them. And apparently oh. she had many boyfriends and she broke many hearts. Um, and she continues looking through photos and she's wearing white gloves at this point, which I thought was very interesting. Um, so she's mm, Burns, maybe. Oh, okay. So then she points out a dark haired girl and asks who that is. And this girl looks a lot like her. And I thought it was her. And I thought it was an amnesia thing. But this is a different girl. This is Domenica, who goes by Doe. And she's just told that Doe is a friend. And there's a really lengthy pause, just like that. (laughs) And I was also like, okay and then they continued with her mother was your aunt's housekeeper and Mickey wants to call her but Julia says very dramatically 
I don't think that's a good idea. Okay. Or just this one person that she didn't recognize in a bunch of pictures of people that she also didn't recognize? Yes, she near she zeroed in on a curly-haired guy and a dark-haired girl, and they are the two more important people in her life. So she is kind of getting glimpses of something. Okay. So then she wants to know what about her other friends, and Julia cryptically tells her, your real friends will understand you need time, and she's like, okay, what do you mean? And Julia tells her that when she turns 21, and she's currently 20, that when she turns 21, she's going to inherit her Aunt Eleanor's entire estate. Okay, sure. Uh, And Mickey was like, I did not know that. You should have told me. And Julia was like, I... I thought you did know that. And Mickey's like, I literally don't know anything. When are you going to realize I don't even know who you are? I, yes, Mickey, I feel like this is a good point. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Julia says, I'm your friend. Mickey stops storming out, apologizes, sits back down. And then she takes the photo of the curly-haired boy and like a paper that says it's like a lawyer letterhead and it has his address on it and it's signed you and me j and then the letter x like for kisses so she takes that and she hides it behind her back but is like pretending to be chill okay Okay. why is there a lawyer letterhead is jake a lawyer he works in the lawyer's office okay and he used their letterhead to just send her a letter it's not that deep. The letter just says you and me. Yes. Or okay. That's a and, weird letter. And it's got say. like photos of them together. Okay. I still feel like just the words you and me is a weird letter to send. Okay. Well, I don't know what to tell you about this dumb curly haired boy. I don't know, man. Who did do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to participate. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so she's hiding this letterhead of this incredibly useless letter from Jake. Well, so it has the address on it okay, uh, because it's fancy letterhead. So Julia and Mickey are walking down the street in like these long trench coats. And Mickey has these terrible hair clips in her little pixie cut giving her like bad baby bangs. Oh, It's deeply unfortunate. So... The cars honk, Mickey's upset again. Julia notices that there's a ticket on her car and starts to make a call about it. And Mickey takes advantage of her distraction and just gets into a nearby taxi because they're on a fairly big street and just gives them the address from that sheet of paper. She's going to go see Jake. Does she have any money? How does she know how a taxi works? She's got a really big purse on her. It's actually really cute. It's like a black purse with like a lot of fringe. Oh, okay. Very so like she, boho. So this amnesia has not affected her knowledge of how taxis work. And even though she's completely freaked out by honking horns, the concept of getting into a taxi is is fine. Well, she's going to get to see a boy. Who she also doesn't know. I mean, there's boys on the street. If you just walk around, I mean, statistically, about 50% of the human population is boys. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> okay. So... She gets there. She's got these big chunky sunglasses on. She rings the doorbell. She's let into this 
man's office and it's an older gray-haired man in like a vest suit and he's surprised but pleased to see her and he's like how are you doing and she's like who are you and he goes I'm James Chance I was your aunt's lawyer I handle all of Eleanor's business this must be confusing for you and she shows him the letter and it's like why do I have this and he's like oh this is from Jake he works here and she goes to find Jake and the lawyer guy's like I'm gonna I'm gonna call Julia and let you and let her know you're here and Mickey's like no no and quickly rushes out the door so she leaves the building but she passes the curly haired guy on the street and mm-hmm. she goes Jake is it Jake and he reacts like very normally he's like hey it's great to see you what are you doing and he's very like not emoting as much as I thought somebody would after someone almost died in a horrific accident so this is going to be a spoilers uh for me but did they fix her face to look like her again or did they fix her face to look like somebody else she looks like a different person than she used to but she doesn't how are people recognizing her then they can't all be face blind oh my god I didn't even think of that because <laughs> like how are they wrecking I mean unless they all like walked in to watch her unbandaged face heal while she slept in the hospital they would have a memory of her looking I different. don't know how Jake knows it's her because her voice is very different too she like talks in like a very breathy whisper yeah okay uh, I don't also don't know how the lawyer recognizes her. Yeah. Oh my God, you're right. Okay. So this movie's unraveling as we speak. <laughs> oh God, no! I pulled a thread. I'll put it back. I put it back. So basically, he's like, "Hey, I tried to get in touch," and she was like, "I know. It's nice to meet you." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I heard about everything." And she goes, yeah, no memory. Which was a weird beat. So he invites her to go somewhere and talk, get a drink. And he's like, how about my place? No. And she's like, okay. No, no. And then they're at his place. No. And this she's wearing a big, do. like, chunky white Ugh. sweater. And it's going over her hands. And she looks very small and vulnerable. And I'm like, why are you in this boy's house? Why are you doing this? You've left the only guardian you know about without telling her where you're going. And you have no memory of where you are or where you live or how to get anywhere. All right. And then this boy, Jake, goes, last time I saw you, you said you never wanted to see me again. I'm glad you changed your mind. What? I, I mean. She did not. She did not change her mind. She doesn't know. She can't. She doesn't have that information anymore. She has no memory of you. Uh, I mean, I guess good on him for not pretending that that didn't happen. Although it sounds like he's just too dumb to know that he should have done that. Uh, Uh, So she goes. (laughs) Oh dear. Okay. So she goes. So I hear we were lovers. And he says on and off. And then he like remembers that he used to have keys to her place and he tells her where it is and gives her the keys. 
And then he's like, you can stay here if you want. No. And she says, you look like a stranger to me. Yeah. Okay. Are these two people in the same movie? Are are they in the same film? Or did someone just splice two films together? Because... Oh, no, they're definitely in the same film because she keeps looking at his lips. She's like, you look like a stranger to me. But she, like, leans in to, like, towards him. Okay. And then he takes her white gloves off and, like, touches her hand and she gasps. And she gets this flash of remembering dancing with him at a club. And so she kisses him. And then they just have sex. Like you do when you have traumatic complete amnesia and you've just met somebody after running away from your guardian and being terrified by traffic sounds you absolutely have sex with a stranger because that wouldn't be traumatic at all and to make sure that nobody was enjoying the experience there is a voiceover of her answering the questions about who she is why looping over them having sex and then she has a flash of like remembering the brown-haired girl the one who's not her but the other one Domenica Doe looking like very mousy and very tight-lipped and pinched and kind of angry at the club and at this point I'm thinking maybe the curly-haired boy Jake was Domenica's boyfriend because she's dancing with him at the club and Doe's looking salty that seems like a reasonable thing to that was my going theory. That yeah, I, I did watch the trailer for this, so I'm pretty sure that that's not what happened. But uh, yeah, no, that's not that's not yeah. what happened. <laughs> I'm super annoyed that they're having sex. I don't like, think they should have done that. I think that that was a bad judgment call on both of their parts. But yeah. possibly the one without traumatic brain injury should have been the one to be like, "Hey, let's not." Yeah, you should have been like, oh, you kissed me. Like, oh, yes, I, uh, yes, I was in love with you and I am and I like you, even though I've never seen you before because you have a different face now. And uh, I'm going to take you home until you, you know, get some memories back and, you know, can make a sound judgment on this because you just don't have all the information because you have traumatic amnesia. Ugh. (laughs) All right, cool. So they have sex with an annoying voiceover. Yes. If you're going to do that, why wouldn't you just let the viewers enjoy a sex scene no nobody enjoys it she like gasps and goes it hurts keep going it's like it's so much love oh no i mean if she's ha- anyway they both sex, laugh. sex only hurts if you're not doing it right it's not supposed to hurt if it hurts you're doing it wrong i don't know what to tell you so after they're done having sex, they both laugh and they kiss. And she asks, was I unfaithful? And he goes, probably. And she goes, that was crap of me. I'm sorry. I don't think that she is the person that needs to be apologizing in this scenario. Yeah. So he like starts smoking a joint and she says, tell me about Doe. And he sighs and goes, she always got in the way. And Mickey says, you were jealous and he says I was yes and she's like what do you mean was like what changed and he's like what do you mean oh my god she has amnesia dude for like the third time tonight well (laughs) so she's like well you said you were jealous why not now and he's like Julia didn't tell you Mickey I'm so sorry Doe died in the fire 
Oh. And mm-hmm. there's another flash, like memory flash of Doe looking angry with like club lighting. Okay. And he's like, Mickey, what did they tell you? And she just gets dressed and leaves and she catches a cab with a different address on a paper, presumably the one he gave her to her house. And mm-hmm. Jake is like running after her yelling, Mickey, wait, but she just gets in the cab and leaves. But presumably there's like a fairly long period of time where she like threw on her jacket and put her shoes on that he could have been like Mickey wait yeah okay so the place that burned was it like an was she renting an apartment and it was a complex that burned or was it a whole house that she owned and it was her whole house that burned it wasn't her house she was in a house okay and that house burned and so what he's given her is the keys and address to her apartment which is a different building yes different unburned building okay different unburned building it is also not the building that she's staying in with julia so she didn't even know that she had her own apartment no one has taken her there yet okay cool 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 cool. i'm i'm on board i know what's happening now excellent so we're in an industrial looking area and her apartment has like graffiti all over the door and it's basically a garage that's been transformed into a living space and it's very cool and artsy and there's lots of photos on the wall and there's a naked brown haired girl and I was very confused who it was but it turns out it's Mickey and her face just looks different because she's had facial reconstructive surgery and just doesn't look like the same person okay so is this like is this apartment a like a grunge apartment that is cool or is this like a ritzy apartment that is grunge no it's like a grunge apartment that's cool it's literally a garage okay with like some walls built into it and like a bedroom but mostly photos everywhere okay and she gets this like memory flash of taking camera flashes so we're getting a flash of flashes we're getting a flash of flashes you got it nice okay So she walks around the space, turning on the lights, and there's mysterious music. There's vodka in her bedroom um, and a short red wig. She picks up the bottle and just takes it with her. Um, She finds a suitcase with Doe's name on it, and it's full of her clothes. And she takes out this, like, pale dress and puts it on like a psychopath. Like a psychopath. Yeah, okay. That's creepy. There's a bunch of letters addressed to Doe in a shoebox. And she opens the letter and it's from her aunt's Aunt Eleanor, the one who's dead. It's from her letterhead. And it's like, I deeply regret that we lost touch, signed Eleanor. Okay. There's also a diary in the shoebox. And there's a flashback with Doe's voice saying, May the 6th, today my life began again. And she's working at a bank and she's like signing some papers. There's a dude sitting across from her and she sees Mickey and Jake walking through the lobby. And this is like past Mickey and Jake. So past Mickey has a much more angular face and like a lot of dark eyeshadow. And she looks very artsy with this kind of shaggy, long mullet haircut. She's also wearing a giant fluffy leopard print coat. Okay. And the same black fringe purse. 
is so, the purse the, is the purse the shoe is the purse wind up being the shoe no is there a shoe no okay it's not even like a song or a phone no. okay i think i'll give you my theories afterwards okay okay i have theories okay so joe gets up and follows them out and mickey and jake are still kind of far away jake gets on a moped and drives away and doe yells mickey and it goes it's doe from our holidays in france and she goes doe and they hug and they're like oh my god and they both laugh and mickey's like i'm so pleased to see you she wants to know how long doe's been in town and it turns out doe's been in london for a year and she works at that bank and mickey's like do you want to get coffee or a drink and Doe's like, well, I can't right now. I, I have to go back to work. And you sort of find out that Mickey's this very boho, arty type who doesn't like stick to a schedule and doesn't seem to understand that people have jobs. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so she's like, well, let's do it tonight then. And Mickey takes Doe's hand and writes her phone number on it and goes, well, you promise you'll call me. And Doe nods and they hug and they like separate and go their separate ways and doe just looks so happy this is her childhood friend and she's so thrilled Mm -hmm. to see her and the fact that mickey seems as excited to see her like really means a lot so this feels like it feels very nice in a very ominous kind of way well uh it doesn't go great (laughs) i feel a sense of ominous foreboding just listening be like oh a nice thing that can't be good so it flashes forward a little bit, but we're still in the past in the flashback. And Doe leaves the bank and she calls Mickey and it goes to voicemail and she putters around at home and basically she's calling and Mickey's not answering. Mm-hmm. And she picks up a blue shoe box, which is the same shoe box we saw in the present. And she opens it and there's a magazine with Mickey in it. So I guess Mickey takes photos because she's a model. Okay. And she like, looks at Mickey's picture and then waits and calls again and like gets into bed and then the call goes through and she goes oh I thought you'd forgotten and basically agrees to meet up with Mickey and jumps out of bed and goes to the garage apartment that we saw okay why didn't Mickey answer the phone earlier because Mickey's flaky okay that's that's a good enough reason. So we're now at the apartment, but in the past. And Mickey is very high or very drunk and is naked under a swishy robe when she answers the door and apologizes for having lost track of time. And then she gets more vodka and drinks more vodka while Domenica walks around looking at the photographs. And then... Mickey gets a phone call and says, no, I can't. Something's come up. I had a deadline. I'm sorry. And then she hangs up and she's like, oh man, I really shouldn't drink when I'm working and lays down on the bed and is definitely about to pass out. And Doe is like, hey, do you want me to leave? And Mickey goes, no, you can sleep here if you like. And then she just conks out. What? Mickey Loki sucks. Mickey sounds terrible. I feel feel like I've had really terrible friends like Mickey who 
invite you over our drunken high the entire time and then immediately go to sleep and you're like hey i a have things to do and b uh wanted to spend time with you not your unconscious corpse um yeah it's rude it's super rude i mean i i'm an introvert i take naps when my friends come over but i let them know i'm <laughs> like hey man you've been here for a few hours i need to have a snoozle uh <laughs> feel free to take a nap with me or uh, have my husband entertain you or uh leave and we'll hang out later because i'm sleepy so like it's not the taking the nap part that i'm mad about it's like she got out of bed to go visit this brand new friend who is drunk and not available even though she had her come all the way over yeah which, unless it was literally next door that would still be too far so no it was definitely like a trip like if i have to get out of bed to go somewhere that's not my kitchen downstairs it's too far i'm mad about it uh doe was not mad about it she ends up sleeping on the sofa and she wakes up as Mickey's leaving and Mickey kind of slaps a note down next to her and runs out the door without saying anything. And it says, Doe, love, help yourself to anything. And then it has an address and then it says, see you tonight. I don't like Mickey. So I... Doe obviously goes and we get to that scene. <laughs> so this is still the past. We're still in flashback. This is still the past. This is a very long flashback we're in this flashback for a really long time okay so joe goes to this address is this the club this is the club this is a party okay uh, is this the club that she's been flashing back to previously or yes. is this a, okay yes yeah so it's this like really artsy space with murals on the walls and there's all these like edgy people with like cool haircuts and leather jackets sitting around by big speakers smoking cool and then you kind of turn the corner and there's a bunch of people dancing and there's like all these club lights and this is definitely like this looks very much like the flashes of memory that we've seen okay cool so doe is not dressed for this she's dressed in a very like plain dress with a blazer over it everybody else is wearing clubbing clothes mostly black but she sees mickey in the crowd and smiles and waves and mickey comes over to her and hugs her and says you look gorgeous and then tries to get her to dance with her but then Jake appears and Mickey goes with him instead and they like make out on the dance floor and we see Doe looking pinched and like really sad and it's definitely the scene from the memory but when I first saw it I thought she looked angry and now she just looks very sad to me. I feel like and rightfully so. I've been trying to hang out with this friend that you haven't seen for a long time and you get a five minute drugged up pre-nap time and then a giant club full of people yeah it's definitely not my favorite yeah no I don't yeah oh all right but Doe's watching Mickey dance and is kind of smiling and then they sit at a table together and they get vodka and cheers and Mickey introduces Jake to Doe and he's like oh you're Doe the long lost friend and Mickey's like, oh, I hate my hair. I want to cut it all off. And then she goes, do you remember we used to play that game? If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? And Doe very excitedly is like, yes. And like leans across the table to meet Mickey who's facing her. And they're basically like caught up in this moment of remembering like a childhood game. Mm -hmm. And Jake makes like a crude joke 
and Mickey sends him off to get drinks. And Doe comes up and sits in Jake's spot next to Mickey. And they kind of cuddle up together. Aw. I still um, don't like Mickey, but... <laughs> um, so Doe goes, I don't know where to start with the whole changing something about herself. And Mickey goes, I think I changed my nose. I'd want one like yours. And playfully taps Doe's nose with one finger. And I'm like, this is flirting. This is definitely flirting. Yep. Mickey kisses her forehead and goes, oh my God, it's been so long. We used to be so close. Do you remember? And Doe says that she has all the photos from when they were kids and has them at her flat. And she offers to get them. And Mickey's like, right now? And Doe's like, yeah, you'll still be here, right? So it turns out they're both weirdos that don't know how to hang out with a person. Yeah, but one of them feels like extra bad at it. Yes. Yeah. So Doe runs out of the club and like gets into a car, but Mickey climbs into the cab with her and she's like, you're not getting rid of me that easily. And the cab drops them off and Mickey insists on going up to the apartment with her. Um, And they look at photos together on the bed and Mickey's like, what happened to you after? And Doe's like, well, my mom moved back to England and because she got another job in West Country, miles from anywhere. Um, And then after her mom died, Doe came up to London and she pauses when she says this and they have like this quiet moment and Mickey goes, I'm sorry you had to go away. Are you still in touch with your dad? And Doe goes, he killed himself. And she says it in a way that like implies that Mickey should have known. And Mickey looks horrified and goes, I'm so, so sorry. I've been rubbish. I should have tried harder to stay in touch. And Doe goes, it's okay. And she smiles. Then she looks at her mouth and then they go back to looking at photos and fall asleep on the bed together. Totally Um, normal. Totally normal. They do a lot of sleeping. So Doe's dreaming of flashes of a pool as a child. And we saw the same flashes at the beginning when Mickey was seeing memory flashes in the hospital. So we're in a dream flashback in a flashback? Yes. Okay. I just want to keep track of where we are in the time dimension. Yes, we've dropped another level. Okay, that's fine. So Doe is yelling as a child, Mickey, stop, I can't swim. And Mickey's yelling, Doe, let go, I can't breathe. Because Doe's like clutching her and they're in the pool and they're both drowning each other, basically. And what we get out of the scene is that Doe almost choked her to death, but then also almost drowned. Um, And Julia was the one that pulled Doe out of the water. And for a while she wasn't breathing, but then she was breathing. And Julia was like, Mickey, what have you done? And Mickey's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean it. And she runs away and Doe pops up and is like, it's okay, I'm fine. And then runs after her and they're running through this field of flowers. And then they, with Doe yelling after Mickey to wait for her. And then they see something and they both stop. And you just see them looking at something. You don't see what they're seeing. Okay. But they both freeze. And then they run away from, to the direction they came from. So presumably a not good thing. Yes. And I was like, cool, I got nothing to go on here. (laughs) I feel like that scene is probably supposed to establish that they are and have been perpetually bad for each other forever. Yes. 
Okay, good. That's Just, correct. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm on the same page as you. So next we see still with them as children, Doe leaving with her parents and being kind of dragged into a car with her mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And then Mickey being held back by Julia yelling, Doe, don't leave me. And Doe's in the car yelling, Mickey. And Mickey's running after the car yelling, Doe. And that's the end of the childhood flashback within the flashback. Now you we're sure? back. You sure they don't have like a dream and have a childhood dream flashback to a, a previous time of toddlerhood? No. Okay. But I wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> okay, so now we're back to the regular flashback. We're back to the regular flashback. They're asleep with Mickey just like on top of Doe. And Doe tries to get up and Mickey's like, where are you going? And she's like, well, I have to go to work. And Mickey's like, don't go. And Doe's like, I've got to pay my rent. And Mickey goes, you can move in with me. And no. Doe seems to take her at face value and lays back down, at which point I wrote in parentheses, oh, baby, no, you can't trust her. She's clearly flaky. A, clearly flaky. B, you just remet. C, uh, has per- no, just no on so many levels. Oh, okay. So, so... So then we're still within the flashback. Doe has apparently gone back to sleep. She wakes up and Mickey's on the phone saying she can't talk again. And she's getting dressed and she's like leaving. And Doe's still laying there. And it turns out it was her aunt on the phone. And Mickey's like, she doesn't even pretend to like me anymore. She always calls at the wrong time. I'm going to be late again. And I wrote in parentheses, oh, I can't believe she's leaving. She's so selfish. And she goes, okay, I'll see you tonight. And Doe just kind of waves at her dazedly and is just confused as I am. I mean, I feel like that would be a great moment for Doe to be like, no, you can just move in with me. And then have <laughs> just feel, oh, okay. And just lie back down and go back to sleep. <laughs> I, I do, I do want to pause it that you can live with me should be right up there with Oh, your highness, I wish to be your wife. (laughs) In terms of lines said way too early, way too sincerely. I feel like, yeah, uh, up there along with, let me have your babies. Yeah, I feel like we've got a a whole category of worst. strong competitors. Yeah, we're going to have to put like a new category of worst first lines. (laughs) Okay, so Mickey leaves to go to like a fashion shoot, presumably? presumably or okay yeah something, something. and Who has knows? she told and has she told joe where they're planning on meeting later or is this no. just a secret Mm-mm. no okay. no all right she might have meant it in a general like putting it out into the universe we'll see you around kind of way no i, I don't like, know i feel like she probably means it specifically but has declined to give any relevant information okay quite possible quite possible so Doe is making the bed and a cell phone rings and it's Mickey's. So she picks it up and says, it's Doe. And it turns out that it's Aunt Eleanor calling and Eleanor is very surprised and asked how long they've been in touch. Um, and she says just a few days. And then you see again, a flash of memory of them running in the flower field and seeing mm-hmm. something. Um, and then Doe goes, I'll get Mickey to call you. And then that's the end of that. 
conversation and Julia brings in the flashback Julia who's younger Julia slightly younger Julia like by half a year okay uh brings Eleanor drink and takes away the phone okay Um, and then the flashback ends for now and now this is Mickey with short hair facial reconstruction surgery still wearing Doe's dress reading Doe's diary and you hear a creak as the door opens so Mickey turns off the light and she freezes and she slowly creeps behind like one of the partitions and her shadows falling dramatically there and she sees that someone's standing in the living room and it's Julia and Julia says good evening Doe what yeah and Mickey sputters and goes what do you mean and I'm like oh my god has it been Doe all along I am face blind it could have been Doe is it Doe well Julia definitely thinks it's Doe okay the character does have amnesia yeah you've hit upon the crux of the film so essentially a dead body was found and a very badly live body that was burned was found and the two girls looked similar to begin with yes and they don't have dna does, does dna not exist in this universe i don't know her it seems that her aunt's pa identified her as mickey it'll Again, make slightly more sense later they don't have dental records or, or fingerprints in this universe i mean fingerprints could have been burned off you know fine but like i feel like dna exists regardless of what temperature you reach you are correct <laughs> and it is sort of a plot point okay okay I'll, I'll wait i'm patient okay so so julia goes it's all right don't worry and we see a flash of doe looking upset at that like club and then Mickey goes, well, maybe not Mickey. The protagonist goes, I need to go. And Julia grabs her arm and goes, no, please, Doe, you're Mickey now. And then there's very dramatic music. And I went, oh my God, oh my God, wow. (laughs) And this is only a third of the way through the movie, by the way. Wow, okay, cool. So our protagonist is either Doe or Mickey. Yes. And Jake presumably does not care that they have an entirely new face regardless of which person they were right away she definitely looks more like mickey than like doe because doe had a very different jawline but her jaw was completely reconstructed okay okay so at this point i have an all caps should i look at the credits to cross-check the actresses no no i'm doing this blind let's go okay so the protagonist is walking down the street and we see her face and then we see a flash of mickey's face overlaid and they have different bone structure but they could be the same person but they might not be the same person okay and she's wearing the leather jacket over doe's dress and it's a combination of their identities and does she know which one she is no she doesn't i okay like i see what that's doing visually with film with like the yellow dress and the faces overlaid like that's okay but again dna like exists it's not like it evaporates if it gets too warm 
Yeah, um, I guess they didn't check. But like, you can go and check that yourself. You can just go and be like, hi, amnesia, DNA, who am? <laughs> yeah, I would be checking like every week. You yeah, know like I- how some people <laughs> take pregnancy tests, even though yeah. they know they're not pregnant? Yeah, just like, hey, uh, I just want to make sure I'm still me. Just who do you have on the And like, uh, medical records can be falsified, but that's mostly in sort of crime documentaries. So I feel like if you went to several places, you could just find out who you are. I think so. Also, like blood type. Do they have the same blood type? Because that information is also listed. Who could say? Who could say? I'm, there's also you can identify people by like retinal patterns. Like irises evidently have their own. I completely agree that they could have done a better job okay. identifying them. <laughs> uh, the fact remains that they didn't. Okay. 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 So she's like walking around along the streets at night like bumping into people and the diary is being read in a voiceover and it's doe going nobody understands me like she does she doesn't need anyone but me which point i'm like oh no oh no that doesn't sound good that doesn't bode well she goes into a diner and like is reading the diary and then it's late and they kick her out so she goes, the protagonist goes into a hotel and signs in and she's given a key and they say, please vacate your room by 12, Miss Law. And she startles and asks, what did you call me? And the woman at the counter shows her where she signed in and she signed her name, Domenica Law. Why does she go to a hotel? She's got at least three places to stay. Because she's trying to get away from Julia and Julia knows where she lives. Okay. So she lays on the bed with the diary. Hang on. Is it so she has to vacate her room by 12 noon? Is this like Yes. Okay. Okay. I this is not a Cinderella thing. Okay. That's fine. (laughs) I was just like, wait, hang on. Are you going and they're gonna kick you out at midnight? Is this like a this is like a by the hour hotel or no, it seemed very normal. She somehow managed to stumble across a very normal hotel room. Okay. Cool. So she accidentally signed her name Domenica Law. Yes. Um, so she's laying on the bed with the diary in her hands and across the room from her there's a mirror and her face slowly transforms from her current face into Domenica's face. And then That's we get Domenica's voiceover going, today was another glorious day. And there's like this music and shopping montage with Domenica and Mickey. They're holding up black and white portraits of each other and then they switch portraits they like try on wigs they write their names on a mirror in a heart with lipstick it's like a best friends montage and she goes I can't believe she wants to spend so much time with me that's a weird best friends montage yep I don't think we ever did anything that weird and we did some weird stuff but I don't think we ever did that no they're very into each other and the voiceover goes nobody understands me like she does nobody knows what we share and then jake pulls up on his moped which is hilarious to me and mickey leaves (laughs) domenica on the sidewalk and gets on his moped and domenica is really upset how did they get there like did they walk or take a bus does domenica have a way to get home who knows okay whatever the answer is Nikki does not care so there's just more scenes of her being jealous of them like she hears them having sex and like drops a bunch of dishes uh very aggressively and then apologizes like stuff like that okay 
And then she gets a letter for Domenico Law, and it's a check for 300 pounds. And then is, is this still in the flashback? Yes, this is still in the flashback. So Mickey, Domenica gets a note for Domenica? Domenica gets a note for Domenica. Okay. Uh, we're now in the flashback again. I'm so sorry. That's okay. I'm just trying to keep track of where we are. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was also having a difficult time keeping track of where I was when I was watching it. That's, that's fair. Okay. So there's a letter for Doe. And it's from Aunt Eleanor, and it's a check for 300 pounds. And it's like a note that says, a small something, hope that it helps. And then Doe holds up a magazine picture with Mickey's face on it up to her own in the mirror. And at this point, I'm thinking, did she slice her own face off? Because they didn't know that she fell out of a window yet. And I thought, yeah. did, she, did, she, did she take her face off? Are is we, this face we, off? Is this face off? Yeah. <laughs> So she writes back to Eleanor saying a bunch of normal hello things. And then she says she can give Eleanor news of Mickey since Mickey is so busy and doesn't have the opportunity to write as much as she'd like to. And I was like, wow, she's about to trade information for money. But then she puts the $300 check back in there and like goes, I can't accept this, but thank you. Okay. Um, but then she gets a haircut and gets her hair dyed darker to match the really dark color of Mickey's hair. And she gets bangs and kind of like choppy layers. And then she puts on big glasses and she's wearing a leather jacket and she's turning into Mickey and maybe it is Domenica. <laughs> so it sounds like we actually have three people. We have old Mickey, yes. Domenica, Yes. And whoever this new person is. Yes, who I call protagonist. Okay. Okay, so this is still a flashback. And they're in the restaurant with this tiled interior sitting across from Jake. Uh, and it's Mickey and Doe. And they're both wearing red bob wigs that we saw. And they're wearing sunglasses and matching like slinky black over the shoulder dresses. And they're Hi. sitting together like Why? twinsies across from Jake and Jake is not into it Jake is super annoyed why why are they trying to like get him to pick one or are they just trying to see if you can tell the difference between them they don't look that similar like you can tell who's who are they just messing with him why is he going on a date well with... he's not on a date with them a bunch of their friends are at the table as well okay but they have been hanging out like the three of them and he specifically asked later just to see Mickey alone okay but anyway so um one of the one of Mickey's cards declines and she apologizes and looks for another card Jake offers to pay Mickey says don't be stupid you're broke and Domenica's like oh is that why he never pays and they start arguing and he calls her a parasite and he tells Mickey, you know what's funny? You don't care at all about money, but your friends are all obsessed with it. And then he says, I'd like to, it'd be nice to see you without her around, and then walks away. And Mickey looks upset and takes off her wig. And Doe tries to comfort her, but Mickey pulls away from her. Mm, okay. Next, we have a scene still in the flashback in like a club with Dominica and Mickey looking angry at opposite sides of the room. Okay. Um, then Mickey comes home. And Domenica's like sitting at home already crying and writing in her diary. And Mickey says, be happy now. Domenica apologizes. Mickey's like, you're always 
sorry you say you're sorry too much I just be happy now that's not how feelings work well I think she's saying be happy you've driven a wedge between me and Jake okay successfully okay also I feel like if Doe was obsessed with money she would have in I mean Mickey's the one who's like oh don't go to work just move in with me it feels it feels like that's less parasite and more just you've got a weird friend their relationship is very I mean um, I'm not saying it seems codependent yeah it's definitely not healthy but I don't think that you can fairly classify Joe as in it for the money she's very clearly obsessed with Mickey regardless of financial well-being yes yeah okay I would definitely agree with that okay so they're in a tiff so they're in a tiff and Doe is like I love you and Mickey's like do you do you really and Doe nods and Mickey kisses Dee like really forcefully and throws her on the bed and goes is this what you want and Doe pushes her off of her and Mickey goes are you happy now and takes some pills and gets into bed despite Doe sitting on the bed and then yells at her to get out and then Doe is writing in her diary again in a voiceover to Eleanor now and she's talking about Mickey she certainly lives her life to the fullest maybe too much sometimes she and her crowd stay out most nights I can't say don't worry about her and then that she hopes to see her and thank her for all those precious summers in person so it's a really weird like definitely oversharing too much with the aunt kind of thing yeah okay that's just like a weird interaction but okay yeah so then the protagonist the flashback is over and the protagonist shows up at the house she was staying at with julia her aunt's personal assistant who's taking care of her and she's like what happened the diary entries just stop and julia kind of walks away into the house and the protagonist is like if i'm doe then why did you tell me i was mickey and julia says I arrived the morning after one of your fights. It was clear in your face that you crossed the line. There was no going back. You just didn't realize it. And then the flashback continues. What? Just stay in the flashback then. Ugh. <laughs> all right. Ugh. So now it's Julia inside the flashback telling Mickey that her Aunt Eleanor is very sick in the hospital and only has a few weeks. And she wants both of them to visit her in France. Um, And she goes very kind of like commandingly, Doe, please pack a bag. And Mickey says, you can't order her around. I'm not going. My aunt hates me. And Julia slaps her across the face and they struggle. And Doe kind of gets in the middle and she gets hit in the face by Mickey and goes to the bathroom and is crying, but then looks very determined and starts packing her bag. Like her own bag or Mickey's bag? No, her own bag. Okay. Like, do we get the sense that she is leaving the entire situation or that she's packing to go to them with France? I thought she was packing to go to France, but it turns out she was packing to move out. Okay. Cool. So the answer is yes. Yes. Okay, great. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. (laughs) So, and then we flash back to the present and the protagonist goes, I don't believe you. I'm not Doe. And Julia says, that's because your mind is blocking it out. And the protagonist goes, I don't feel like her. Doe died in the accident. And at this point, I'm like, well, wanting to be Mickey is actually a sign that you're probably Doe. 
also your mind is blocking it yeah that's what amnesia is like that's how <laughs> that's literally what amnesia is it's your mind yes. blocking memories from you okay correct again dna and think okay no so we flash back again to the previous timeline and it's doe eating dinner with someone in some sort of brick walled restaurant and she thanks them for inviting her and it pants to reveal that it's julia so it's not the aunt she didn't go to the south of france yet and she just said that she thought doe needed some cheering up and doe's like no i'm fine and julia in the past goes what living under mickey's shadow and says that it reminds her of herself with eleanor and then with mickey and she doesn't know how she's put up with it for so long and doe's like what you don't get on and Julia says, Mickey's irresistible, but she's destroying herself. Don't get too close. You might get hurt. And Doe says, I'm her friend. She wouldn't hurt me. And Julia says, no, you're probably right. In like a sarcastic way or in like a hopeful way? No, like in a very dismissive way. She's like, no, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Um, we also find out that she knows about the letters to Eleanor and that she's like, and Julia's just like, it's just not fair. Why don't we get the life we deserve? Eleanor like picked her from one of the factories and saw something in her. Uh, but then Mickey came along and everything that she offered disappeared. And she says, deep down, you're just like me. You know, you deserve a better life. And she tells her that persuading Mickey to come to France would be best for both of them. Wow. And at this point, Doe says that she's moved back to her own flat. I don't know why. Okay. I mean, I just... So, if that... Okay. There's, like, um... one tiny bit left in this scene. Okay. So, she says, when you both get there, give me a call. I can help you. And she... And Julia gives Doe her phone number on a piece of paper. And that's the end of that scene. Helping with what? Getting the life she deserves. Okay, but they're visiting a dying relative. Well, I don't. I mean, I just don't think that requires assistance. You go to the hospital and say, "I'd like to visit my it's... dying aunt." No, she's she's saying <laughs> she's plotting. She's trying to get her to plot. Okay, okay. So the next scene, we're still in the flashback, and Doe wakes up to a door buzzing, and it's Mickey who's shown up at her apartment and she's wearing the leopard print coat and she's smiling. She's like, pack your bags. You're going to need your swimsuit and your passport. And she walks straight into the apartment. And she's like, I thought we could maybe go to the South of France. And so even though before she didn't want to go, now she's into it. They're going to fly to Paris. They're going to hire a car and take the scenic route. And she's like, come on, I'll help you pack. And Doe smiles. Um, so they're like driving through France in the convertible with French music playing and Mickey's complaining about her aunt okay uh because Julia brought her up as much as anyone and at a certain point and Eleanor just gave up on her um they established that Jake and Mickey haven't spoken since that night and they arrive to visit Aunt Eleanor, who's very sick. They arrive at like a hospital, or does Aunt Eleanor have her own chateau or something? Um, they arrive at a very fancy looking hospital. Okay. Um, they sit at like a little picnic table and then they're let in by a nurse. 
so she she looks very sick she's in bed with an IV Mickey comes up and says hello Eleanor and kisses her on the forehead and Doe does the same and at this point and Eleanor wakes up and looks at her kind of strangely and Doe goes it's Doe not Mickey and Mickey goes it's Mickey I'm here but Aunt Eleanor is kind of looking far off into the distance and not really at either of them. Gotcha. So they walk back out and they just drive through a bunch of farmlands and vineyards and then they stop at a house and this is the house that they're staying at. Okay, is this the Um, house that's going to catch fire? Yes. Okay. I think so. They stay in a lot of houses. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, we'll find out together. Um, So they're welcomed by a maid, and this is a vet, and she goes, bonjour, you must be doe. (laughs) Um, And then she greets uh, Mickey very warmly, and they hug, and it's clear that they know each other very well. Is this Yvette from Clue? No, it is not. (laughs) I'm going to imagine that this is Yvette from Clue. You are welcome to do so. (laughs) There is a death, so. (laughs) That's fair, okay. So Mickey's like, let's just dump our stuff here and go straight to the beach. And they hold hands. They ride bikes through the countryside to like lilting twangy music. They go swimming and Mickey's trying to teach her how to swim. And Doe still doesn't know how to swim. And they lay down on a beach chair together. And Doe looks at Mickey like very wistfully. And she presses her lips to Mickey's hip while Mickey sleeps. It's really gross. That sounds creepy. And then they're back at the beach swimming and some dude is watching and I call him creepy dude. Okay. And then we cut forward a little bit, but we're still in the flashback and Doe calls Julia and she says, I'm not going to call again. So please listen. And Julia says, I just want you to be honest with yourself about what you want. Doe says, I want her. And Julia says, she's ruined your life once already. Mickey's the one that told your mother about your father's affair with Eleanor. And then we flash back to that like scene of the two of them, very young children running. So this is the flashback within a flashback. Okay. Drop so level. two children running through the field and this time it pans to show us what they saw. And it's Doe's father with Aunt Eleanor. Uh-huh. And they're like smooching on each other. Okay. And then... Julia says wait hang hang on hang on so if Eleanor is the one who's been raising Mickey who exactly does Mickey tell on like who exactly does she go to she told Doe's mother okay okay about Doe's father's affair with Eleanor who knows oh okay okay I'm sorry I'm sorry (laughs) I don't know I don't know the answers to things I just all I did was watch it. <laughs> okay. That's, I mean, that's admittedly more than me, so. And then Julia goes, surely that must have had something to do with why he committed suicide. And then we see another flashback basically showing us the same. And then we see the father dead on the floor with blood and the mother crying. And then we see Julia on the phone in the flashback that's only one level down saying, she'll never love you in the way that you want her to. It's not in her nature. Now listen carefully to me. This is what you have to do. And then we cut to a new scene and she doesn't tell us what like machinations are happening. Okay. It's a new scene in the flashback though or a new scene in the present? In the flashback. Okay. 
Doe's putting sunscreen on Mickey's back. And Mickey's like, you were gone ages yesterday. I went to the beach. Was there any action in the village? And Doe's like, no. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So Doe goes into the bathroom. She's wearing a white dress over her black bikini. And there's this like light in a boiler in the toilet for whatever reason. And she blows it out and then she lights it again. And then she kind of accidentally knocks something off the bathroom counter and shatters some glass and looks at herself dramatically in the three paneled mirror. That's a very dramatic moment. And then Yvette comes in, asks, is everything okay? And she goes, yes, thank you. And she takes the pan and duster from Yvette and cleans up and then goes back to looking in the mirror. And the whole time I'm like, is she thinking about taking her face off? Are we, are we in face-off is that where we are is that what's happening i think was this, this is the, on purpose i think this is the face-off inception cinderella oh it is the face-off inception cinderella <laughs> i can't even argue with that so she goes back to looking in the mirror and then mickey's like doe what took you so long and doe's like oh it's the sun it's knocked me out and then Doe lays on a beach chair at night by herself and has a flashback to when her father shot himself. Okay. And then we move slightly forward in the flashback and Doe- which flashback? The, the first one or the second one? The one layer deep one. Okay. So it's Doe and Mickey and they're just still lounging around stunning and they're talking about how they wish time would just stop and how they don't want to think about the future. And then- Mickey asks if she wants to go out. There's a party on some guy's boat. Um, and she jumps in the pool while Doe lays on the chair. And Mickey's like, you should really learn how to swim. So then they're at the party. They're dancing together. They've got their arms around each other. They're wearing like slinky black dresses. So there's a lot of like them like holding each other, touching each other. They get called to go to the boat. And it's like a little motorboat that's going to take them to the yacht that's like way far in the distance. Yeah. And the guy that's taking them on the boat is flirting with Mickey, but not with Doe. And Doe like gets petulant about it. And they basically just leave her behind. So she throws them a few longing glances and then she walks away. She walks into the house at night and is inspecting the pipes. She lights a match and looks in the mirror and then her face flashes to Mickey's face a couple of times and then she lights another match again and again and again just staring into the mirror lighting matches like normal healthy people do yeah okay very normal Mickey comes back to the house with a crowd of young people um, and they all just pass out in various locations and then a car pulls up and Julia gets out of it and she wakes up Mickey and tells her that Aunt Eleanor passed away. Um, and she leads Mickey out because Mickey's like really upset about it. And she tells Doe she's quiet now. And Doe says, tell me what to do. And, <laughs> and Julia goes, on the 4th of July, your birthday, go out for a celebration. Everything natural afterwards. That's the night it'll happen. And Doe's like, your plan will never work. And Julia says the fire will cause so much damage, they'll assume it was a leak from the boiler, they'll never discover the disconnected gas pipe, and Doe says, if I die, I'll deserve it. 
And Julia says, you'll have to start the fire at 1 a.m. We need to agree at a time so that I can be the first to arrive. And Doe's like, we'll never get away with this. Yvette will recognize me. And Julia's plan is to go to Switzerland and they're apparently very discreet and have the best surgical facilities. And they're gonna redo her face to look like Mickey. And she's okay. like, you want me to change my face? And Julia's like, I know, but it'll be worth it. Sometimes you've got a chance. And if you seize it in that moment, you can change your life forever. If you let it slip, it'll be gone. And I'm like, fairy godmother. <laughs> yeah and the shoe okay. is her face i think the shoe might be her face i don't like that yeah so joe has to light the fire at one she's gonna leave for her birthday but then come back and light the fire and yes. then leave again but or stay and get burned yes okay so the plan is for her to get badly burned by a fire. The plan is for her to jump out a window. Okay. They never cool. specify that part of the plan. So of course not. Of course not. We go a, a little bit further forward in the flashback, and they're partying to celebrate Doe's birthday, and Doe keeps pouring more and more drinks into Mickey's cup when Mickey's turned away, mm -hmm. and then they take some drugs and she like encourages her to take some drugs and they're both wearing these like pale like skin tone dresses okay um so they're still doing their weird matchy thing so doe asks to leave but mickey insists that she's having fun she drinks more they take a taxi home and then lights flash across their faces in the back seat until you can't tell which one you're looking at anymore because you're only seeing half a face at a time oh creepy yes very spooky <laughs> spooky mickey's like super out of it doe dresses her for bed and there's like very clangy like creepy music happening mm -hmm. and doe unscrews the gas pipe and she puts a bunch of water on a towel and blocks the bedroom door with it and she lights all these candles around the bed where mickey is sleeping and then she gets into identical pajamas and like folds up and I'm thinking presumably they switched bedrooms if they're switching places okay she opens the door with the towel and the the door that was being blocked by the towel and the gas blows immediately and she jumps out the window and she falls flat on her face and I really didn't think she was alive I thought that maybe she died and that maybe it was Mickey who survived and there's like this huge bang and Julia from a distance hears it and goes, it worked better than expected. Your poor face was unrecognizable after the fall and the amnesia. Okay, so confused. So this is the present now. No, I mean, I get this is the present. I just don't understand what the point of this plot is. Like the reason that models and superstars are the way they are is largely less how they look and more just the inherent force of their personality mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter if you look like them well the inheritance money well okay i mean yeah that's good but if she if what she wants is mickey's lifestyle 
which is what it seems like she wants she wants the attention she wants the mm-hmm. it seems like that you you don't get that just by swapping faces you get that by having the just aura of confidence just the the animal magnetism that some people just have mm-hmm. and some people just don't and it doesn't you don't feel like you can swap personalities no you're correct it's like dna it's not it stays Look, it's not a good plan <laughs> okay i'm sorry continue <laughs> so so doe jumps out the window and smashes into her face and does not appear to be alive yes and in the present the protagonist goes oh my god how could i have gone through with that i'm going to the police and i'm thinking okay maybe it's mickey because the protagonist seems to have a conscience about this and is like feeling bad and doe didn't seem like she was feeling bad although we've also seen mickey not feel bad about things that she should feel bad about too so maybe it's jake (laughs) so julia says the old mickey is gone you're mickey now and if the lawyer believes you which he does then everyone will follow we'll go back to the south of france and then at this point i don't know because she like because doe really liked it there okay and then this point i write in all caps the swimming see if she knows how to swim doe doesn't know how to swim only only mickey does do they do this um no (laughs) no okay yet another way that we can very easily find out who's who i thought i'd solved it yeah no that would that would be clever that'd be way cleverer than check my dna please so julia drives her to the house and she's like here we're safe now and there's somber music playing and Yvette pats her on the shoulder as they pass each other so it looks like she's accepted that the protagonist is Mickey okay as has everybody else okay so the protagonist looks at the photos of the two of them as children and then she gets up and walks around and it's dark and she finds the convertible that they drove on under a tarp and she's kind of looking at it and she remembers them playing it in as kids. And then the same creepy guy from before comes up to her. So this is the guy from the flashback that was uh-huh. watching them swim. Uh-huh. And he's like, it's a 1963 E-type. It's a beauty, isn't it? I'd buy it off you if only I had a spare 100,000 euros. But then you don't need the money. If it's her car, he probably doesn't need to tell her what kind of car it is. Yeah. Or how much it's worth. But he's a creepy guy. That's the, also it, does he have a point? Does he or is he just around to be creepy and add creep? Oh, he's an exposition guy. So his oh. name is Serge. They don't tell us that in the narrative, I don't believe. So I just refer to him as creepy guy in my notes. But That's he fair. watched them swimming before. He seems to know her. He recognizes her as Mickey and he goes. Or I don't know, maybe he doesn't recognize her as Mickey, but he goes, let's get in. I'll tell you a story. And then we flash back to him in the past. Okay. And he's like looming over Mickey as she's on the beach tanning topless by herself. And she tells him it's a private beach and like puts her top back on. And he tells her he's going for a swim and then he swims and then he comes back and like drips on her. And he's like, actually, I'm not here for the sun. And she's like, I know what you're here for. And he is not there for that, it turns out. Um, he says that he works at the cafe and overheard making her, her friend making a call to England 
and he got curious and listened in and they've got some sort of plan against her oh so he's warning mickey about the plan okay and he said she wrote something on a pad and he took the paper that was underneath it and she pressed down hard enough that you can read that it says upstairs bathroom clarissa and that was the name on the bro- on the boiler in the bathroom was the brand was clarissa, was clarissa. okay why would she need to write that down Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll be good. I'm sorry. I'm just making a lot of gestures. <laughs> um, getting, yeah, there's a lot of very expressive. Just quiet yelling. Yes. <laughs> so Mickey asks how much, and the creepy guy Serge goes one thousand, and he was like, "Meet me tomorrow at 11. and that's why Mickey was like, "You were gone for ages yesterday." because she was suspicious about what Doe was doing. Okay. And then later when she was like, Doe, what took you so long? Is something wrong? That was also her being suspicious. Oh, okay. Okay. And we get flashbacks to those scenes in our flashback. Good, good, good. So then Mickey's taking a bath and she sees where it says Clarissa on the boiler because it, it's like very obvious, like it's not a hidden thing. Yeah. And she like stares at it. And then the next day she gives Serge 500 and tells him he'll get the rest if it's interesting enough. And he tells her all they have to do is loosen the joint and in a closed room with a naked flame. And then he imitates an explosion and he goes. (laughs) Which like, how does he know? Why does everyone know that about that specific boiler? Like, how did Julia know? How did Sarge know? Like, what's what's the deal? Did maybe, one of them just explode already? Maybe Clarissa's have a really bad reputation for just exploding. What a bizarre universe where that's just common knowledge. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't make any less sense than anything else. So then he kisses her, which, once again, is a guy just, like, badly reading the room Yep. in this movie. Um, she doesn't kiss back and he's like where's the rest of my money and she goes that was the rest you're lucky to have had a taste of me I'm worth much more than that Ew. okay and then she walks away so it flashes back to Mickey not taking the drugs in the bathroom and she hasn't been drinking all night even though Doe was pouring her drinks all night she was just pouring them out discreetly and then we flash back to the present and the protagonist says why should I believe you And Sarge says, we had a deal, but you killed her. So now the deal is different. I want more money. So he also believes that this is dough. Okay. If she's having, if our protagonist is having flashbacks to things that Mickey did and things that Doe did, that means they're the same person. They clearly summoned an eldritch fire deity (laughs) and just merged to become a single new person called protagonist. Uh, That's what I think happened. That's my running theory right now. So he wants a hundred thousand. She said, and he tells her she's not really in a position to bargain. So she says, okay. Um, And he tells her, just remember one phone call will finish you. And then we get more flashbacks of the doctor from the beginning going, do you remember what happened to you, Mickey? Mickey, that's your name. And then another flashback to her signing her name as Dominical Law. And then the names are just repeated over and over, just like every instance someone's called her Doe or someone's called her Mickey. Gotcha. And she asks herself, who am I? 
and then that scene ends. Okay. Does Jake make a reappearance? No. Okay. I keep waiting for Jake to show up and be important. No. Nope. Cool. Cool, cool, Nope. (laughs) Sorry. That's fine. That's fine. So then we're in the present, and the protagonist says to Julia, we've been found out. The boy from the cafe has been snooping around. And Julia goes, well, what did you tell him? And the protagonist says, well, I didn't tell him the truth. I didn't tell him that you plotted with Doe to kill Mickey. And Julia basically assents to that and says, well, it's just as well. Tomorrow is Mickey's 21st birthday and a meeting with the lawyer, Chance, in London. And at last, we'll read the will. And then I wrote in all caps, what if the will left everything to Doe and she bet on the wrong horse? Which is, in fact, what happened. Oh, <laughs> nice. Uh, so the lawyer guy from the beginning, the older one, James Chance, is sorry to have missed Mickey. And this is now the scene where Julia is meeting with the lawyer. So we're okay. in the present. Okay. But we've moved forward. So now we're like more in the, the more future present. Okay. Um, and Julia responds that the rest is doing her good. And he's like very surprised that Julia was not made executor or beneficiary of Eleanor's will and asks if there's been some other arrangement. And Julia says that she receives a modest pension. That sounds like a thing that you get from a spouse. I wonder if Julia and Eleanor were married. It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like Julia was just waiting her entire life to inherit this old woman's like everything and it just didn't work out. Mm. And then we hear a voiceover of the line, I didn't tell him you plotted with Dodo kill Mickey. And it turns out the protagonist recorded that conversation and she Mm -hmm. puts the tape in an envelope. And then we see the lawyer again and it's just flashing back and forth between scenes. The lawyer says, there's been no change to the will except this last part to be opened on Mickey's birthday. Oh, happy birthday to Mickey, by the way. And then he opens it and he frowns and he hands it to Julia. And we don't find out at this moment, but that's where it says that everything's going to go instead. Okay. So the protagonist drops off the package at the post office and then goes to the cafe where Sarge, the creepy guy, works. And he goes, where's my money? And she's like, you'll get your money. Let's go for a drive. And she stops in the field and then hands him the keys to the car and goes, it's yours. You said it's worth $100,000. You could sell it if you want. Just leave me alone. So he takes the keys and drives away and she walks back to the house. Um, Why do they need to get in the car to do that? I don't know. the car and him with her wherever they were. Surely she didn't need to give herself a long stroll in the middle. I mean, France is beautiful, but like. I wrote down everything that happened as it happened, not knowing how important it would be. In retrospect, not important. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) So the protagonist goes back to the house and she calls for Julia and she keeps calling for Julia and the whole house is dark and Julia's not answering and she goes outside to the pool And Julia steps out of the dark and goes, the old lady had the last word. I would have never guessed. She left everything to you. And the protagonist goes, to me? And she goes, she left everything to you, to Domenica Law. All this for nothing and Mickey dead. And the protagonist goes, Mickey knew Julia. 
And Julia's like, no, no, she knew nothing. Doe, you wouldn't be here if she'd known. She would have stopped you. And then there's a really long pause and they stare at each other. And Julia's like, you can't, you can't be Mickey. And potentially Mickey? The protagonist goes, it's over. I recorded you admitting to murder. I sent the tape to Chance. And Julia lunges at her and starts to choke her and they fall into the pool. And I thought that this is where the swimming thing would come in, but no, they just keep flashing back to almost drowning when they were very small children. Mm -hmm. And then like to various moments with Mickey and Doe and then with Doe putting Mickey to bed. Oh, like throughout the party and with Mm -hmm. Doe putting Mickey to bed and Mickey's eyes aren't closed, they're wide open. Mm, Okay. And then it flashes back to what actually happened that night. And Mickey caught Doe in the moment of pulling away the towel. And Doe was like, I'm so sorry. And then they flash back to the pool. It, it keeps flashing back and forth between the pool and the fire. But basically, the fire is between Doe and Mickey. And Mickey is yelling at Doe to run and to come with her. And Doe is saying, Mickey, go. Mickey tries to pull Doe towards her, but she falls to the floor. Essentially what happens is there's fire between them. Doe has decided to just stay and die and is yelling at Mickey to run. Mickey is yelling for Doe to come with her. And at first I thought that Mickey was like calling her to her death because they look identical. And the only I could keep track of which one of them was Mickey was who was holding the towel. Oh. And I had to go back and watch it twice. But Mickey runs out and jumps out the window. Okay. And falls flat on her face while Doe stays behind and dies in the fire. Okay. So what they told her was true is actually true from the beginning. Cool. So in the present, as the protagonist is being strangled, she's yelling, I'm Mickey, I'm Mickey. And then she slams Julia's head into the side of the pool and there's a bunch of blood. And the protagonist climbs out of the pool and runs sobbing to the beach in the dark. She takes off her shoes, which doesn't make any sense because they're already wet. She was just in the pool. And she stands overlooking the water and there's the slow piano music. And she takes off her striped sweater and gets into the water and starts swimming laps into the distance. And like, she's just doing laps. In the pool or in the ocean? In the ocean. She went from the pool to the ocean to do laps. How do you do laps in the ocean? Well, she just swims forward and then she swims back. What? I'm sorry. That makes the least sense of anything. You don't swim left. She swims out into the ocean. She's doing the freestyle thing where she's, I'm doing the arms. You sure are. You sure are. <laughs> um, and then she swims back and she walks along the beach and then it fades to black. And then there's the credits and then that's it. That's the end of the movie. What? okay ta-da <laughs> uh, all right so so to condense it she wakes up she's told she's mickey then she's told she's doe we briefly think she's doe but it turns out she actually is mickey but she's not doe pretending to be mickey all right so here's my most important question a i want to hear all of your theories b why do you think this movie is called a trap for cinderella 
It's based on a French novel, and the French novel was called The Trap for Cinderella, and I'm wondering if there's something that didn't translate. I wonder. Because, I mean, there, there was a trap laid for Mickey. It was the, yes. the, the dying part. But the Cinderella of the story appears to be Doe. Yes, in, with in her the, life as Mickey being the ever after. Yeah. So... I guess that makes Jake an evil stepsister. But possibly they're each other's evil stepsisters because they're weird about each other. So yeah, so I I guess that means that Mickey's the Cinderella. According to this, yes, she's an orphan. She lives with her aunt. She and has... she's going to inherit a bunch of money. So I guess she's Cinderella. So I guess she's Cinderella, which and, <laughs> and Doe is somebody who's even worse off than Cinderella oh. and is jealous of Cinderella and wishes she could be Cinderella. Okay, so in that case, then Julia would have to be the evil stepmother because she helped plan her death. Yes. Which means that the creepy guy who told her about it and allowed her to live is fairy godmother. <gasps> okay, yes. Like, he has to be. There's no other... He shows up right at the end and is like, hey, don't do that. You're going to die. He has to be the fairy godmother. Wow, he saved her. Yeah. And then he extorted her for a lot of money. We've established that this isn't a Cinderella. So um, already this is forced. Yeah. Okay. So how do you feel about this? I'm really happy I didn't watch it. I feel like I would have had a really bad time. I mean, I don't think this is the worst thing that I could have watched in terms of scary Olivia levels, but I think I would have been very upset about watching it. It was very upsetting, for sure. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm, I feel like with a couple of probably music changes and like one extra level of flashbacks, uh, this could have been really funny. Yeah, th- that's my main problem with this movie. It was very dramatic in the moment, but each scene was like stupider than the previous scene. And at some point I hit a, I hit like a point of diminishing returns where yeah. I was no longer into it. It's well, just, mean, it takes itself too seriously. So the whole problem with like in media res stories is that they have to begin in the middle. If they begin at the end, you're not doing it right because essentially what happens in the the current timeline is she wakes up she has some trauma her aunt is mean to her she finds jake and has sex with him and then finds an apartment puts on a dead girl's dress gets told she's someone else goes to france Mm mm-hmm kills a woman Mm -hmm. and gives a car to a creepy guy and then Mm -hmm. swims laps in the ocean and walks away so that's what happens in like the timeline yes correct and i'm just going to go ahead and put this out there i believe that if you're going to have a story with flashbacks something tension and plot like has to happen in the actual timeline it can't all be the flashback yeah it 
It was so much it's, flashback. Yeah, that's just, I mean, clearly we had several categories of flashbacks. We had flashbacks within flashbacks and flashbacks to previous flashbacks. Yeah. And flashbacks of flashes. I will say it made for like very engaging viewing because I felt like I was piecing information together. But now that I look at my notes, I'm like, oh, this is purposefully confusing and out of order. Yeah. And like now that I know the whole story, none of this is like mysterious or interesting anymore. Yeah. That's not a great sign. So I, I guess high, highs and lows. Oh, sure. Uh, my high was when <laughs> Julia called who up until that moment I thought was Mickey Doe and was like, uh-huh. hello, Doe. I lost like, I lost <laughs> yeah. my mind. I was like, what? Whoa, 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 what? And I was just like, so cut up in that moment that I paused it. I debated sending you like a thing, but then I was like, no, I want to do this in the moment. And then I told my <laughs> husband about it. I was just like very into it. And it never met that level of like amazing because after that I started guessing the twists. Yeah. And it became sort of more obvious like how the movie was going to progress. So it, that was my high. My low were the scene transitions. Yeah, because those bad. They made it very difficult to take notes because they didn't know how to piece things together because it would only get flashes of things. So I'd write like, she's in the bathtub. Now she's not anymore. I don't know where we are. <laughs> and I had to pause it and come back and realize that the bathtub was the next scene that I was seeing a preview of. Oh. How oh, about sense. you? So do you have highs and lows for this experience? I do. I think my high is my decision to not watch this. Mm, I'm feeling really, I'm feeling really good about that. Although I have had a delightful time uh, listening to you talk about it. Um, It's almost like I like our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You are having like a very podcast experience right now. I am having a very genuine experiment experience. I feel like I'm really connecting with our listeners. My low, I think is how they handle her trauma of amnesia because oh you mean the thing they don't do the thing they don't do the thing they do really badly I don't like that just emotionally that makes me really upset they don't like that in case you're wondering I did look up the actresses afterwards and Mickey is it says there's an actress for Mickey and says there's an actress for Doe and there's not a third actress for the protagonist like I thought it was So I have to assume that Mickey is at all points played by the same actress, just with facial prosthetics. Okay. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I feel like they would have done better if they just hired a third girl named protagonist. Um, Potentially. So what would you change about this movie? Uh, Not a thing. (laughs) It was a (laughs) wild ride. I don't know how I could make it any better. It was just... um, It was... Okay. I would make it more melodramatic because I liked the pulpy elements Mm -hmm. and I wish it had been more like, I wish it had leaned into that more instead of trying to be serious. Okay. What would you change about this? From your descriptions, I would change the scene changes and just have them be normal scene changes where it just goes from one scene to another scene without splicing them together 20 times. I would love that. I would love that. Yeah. So will you be watching this again? I feel like I've already watched it five times. That's that's fair. <laughs> that's that's really fair. 
Um, uh, I, I will not be watching it again. After I described what happened to my husband, he said that he was relieved that he had not watched it with me. <laughs> so I don't know that there's any point in watching this after you've heard this description. Yeah, no, I am also relieved that I chose not to watch this with you. So I will not be watching this tall. Um, do you think our listeners should watch this well that's what I'm saying like I don't know if there's any point in watching this after having heard the entire explanation of what happened like I think the joy in this movie is from not knowing what's happening okay so I have just ruined that for you completely but before you get too upset it does have like a 25% rating on Rotten Tomatoes all right so what what final grade are you giving this movie I'm giving this a C plus. Okay. Mostly for my enjoyment, because I was very caught up in the moment of the mystery, and I was very like into what was happening as it was happening. It's only on the retelling of it that I'm like, this is dumb. This is all dumb. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Do I? Do we think I should give this movie a grade? Yeah, I think you should give this movie a grade. Okay, I. I'm going to give it a C minus because uh, (laughs) like drama works better when there is a thing that you genuinely can't find out. And Mm. again, with DNA existing, uh, also bad depiction of how you deal with trauma victims and how you don't have sex with people that you don't, that don't know who you are. Um, Mm -hmm. Also murder. Uh, and this the sound yes, trans- the scene transitions the scene transition sounded really unpleasant. If I had actually watched this, I very likely would have given it a, like a zero, like an F minus, like a Z, because I do not like scary movies. Um, but having just listened to you talk about it, I think I feel comfortable giving this a C minus. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Well, it's almost midnight, so thanks for joining us. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating or a review. We'd love to hear from you. So follow us at CinderPod on Twitter and Instagram, like our Facebook page, or email us at the Cinderella Podcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbity bobbity bonus episodes or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella, but with more adult questions, languages, and beverages, join us in the Ever After Party at patreon.com slash cinderpod. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod. You can find him at incompetech.com. So Liv, what are we watching next week? Next week, we, and not just the royal we that is you, both of us together, oh, excellent. Are, are going to be watching something called Cadaverella. <laughs> I'm already in love. Me too. So this is so pulpy that I think I can absolutely watch it. Spoiler, this is a real Cinderella, but it is a zombie voodoo Cinderella. So I'm super excited. Oh, heck yes. Yes. So that is going to be our uh, spookerella close to Halloween episode and I'm really excited about it (laughs) well until next week we hope you have a happily ever after